as a founder and an entrepreneur or just a CEO or even a team member of an organization or company, that's an internal job to stay excited. And that's the time when you your resilience plays in. Like even for myself, right? I've been talking about Globar since 2017 to my friends. So like I'm bored of this by now. You know, it's been six <laughs> years of me thinking about it. But that's where I have to like say, okay, Rachel, like what are you really excited about? And making the best of what we've got right now to keep us excited. Welcome to the Active Ingredient Podcast, your destination for all things personal and professional growth. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am an intentional brand builder on a mission to inspire people to build not only their dream businesses that are fully in alignment and that actually feel good for them to be in, but more importantly, to create well-rounded lives that are in alignment with their values. I believe that we can only grow outward in proportion to how aligned we are internally and that slowly but surely, we are all capable of creating lives that feel incredibly fulfilling to be fully present in. Hello, welcome back to the Active Ingredient Podcast. We have an interview for you this week. I'm so excited. I have very few of these people that I can say in my life that I've had three times on Active Ingredient. And this is a three-peat guest, Rachel Liverman, founder of Globar, friend of mine, and someone that I just feel like is so honest in her approach to creating the life that she wanted for herself and building a business that's in alignment with her values and just doing it in a way that's authentic to her and taking people along for the ride of how she's done this. So this is the third time that I've had her on the show. If you have not heard her story and about her business, I highly recommend listening to the first and second episodes. This third episode is more so just catching up. She's now at her four and a half year mark of her company, Glow Bar, which is a 30-minute facial bar in New York. They have several different locations in New York, in Connecticut. And we mentioned all the other places. Honestly, I don't know them off the top of my head, but she has several locations. And they provide the most premium 30-minute facials at an affordable price point for people who, like me, and you guys know I've talked about this a million times, my acne journey is a real thing. And consistent care and consistent just like nourishing your skin is super important. And that's what she wanted to solve for. So first and second episode that I did with her, we definitely talk more about just the how she started, why she started, the first things that she kind of did to put the plan into place. I will link both of those episodes in the show notes. But this episode is just like... I have really set out to just now interview people. I mean, yes, people that I don't know for sure, because I am just so curious and I have questions for people I don't know. But I'm so open to just continuing to bring back guests that I just love. And that I I could talk to you for hours and hours on end. I can talk to Rachel literally forever. And we catch up since the last time that she was on the show, she got married. And we talk about having launched a business, being single... And the fact that like, just people now, like even me, like me interviewing her, asking her about this difference of like being single and being in a relationship, like the kind of just like the the weight of doing that by yourself. And she talks about the journey of what that's been like for her and the difference that she feels within herself being 
married and having a business and starting it completely by herself with no real safety net. And we talk about a lot of the inner work that she's done. You guys know I talk about this all the time on the show that I genuinely believe that you can only really grow outward in proportion to how stable, aligned, clear you are internally. It's literally a part of the intro of this show. And not only do I think that it's like everything is a mirror and that your inner is your outer is a reflection of your inner. But I think that to the extent of which you've really, really done the inner work, you also have the capacity to hold the external growth. I think that that's something I probably want to do a whole solo episode on because yes, we can definitely put ourselves in in positions and situations where for a like moment in time, you can be at this height, but then quickly lose it because the inner work hasn't really been metabolized. It hasn't really been like fully, fully integrated really. So in this episode, Rachel and I talk about a lot of the inner work that she's done to be able to not only grow her business and her personal life to the place that it's at, but to also hold it. Like to have the capacity to hold it, to stabilize in this zone of abundance. And I just think that there's so many real, raw takeaways from this. So we talk about her now husband and what that process was. That's more on the second half of the episode. We do talk about what it was like to have done this for so many years, having done it by herself. What's working, what's not working as it pertains to growing a brick and mortar business. She has physical locations, just in case anyone didn't know. And yeah, we just catch up on life. Like what's working, what's not working, what belief systems are you just letting go of? What have you been able to internalize and actually like really embody? How are you no longer self-abandoning? All of those things that are so important. Really, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're trying to grow into that next level. And all of those things are so incredibly important because you will reach that next height. But in order to actually stabilize and have the capacity to hold it, all of that inner work needs to match. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I just have a feeling that this is not going to be the last time that Rachel Liverman is on this show. You're welcome back whenever. And with that, Rachel, three-peat guest, welcome to Active Ingredient. First of all, I just love you as a human. I think that you're so refreshingly honest and you just say it how it is. So just watching you build in an authentic and just real way is really cool. But as a human, I'm just like, I just love what you do and how you do it. So welcome back. I feel like the leaders like you are the ones that I want to amplify on this platform. So third time, fourth time, fifth time, I feel like you're just going to be like a co-host at one point. Don't tempt me. I would love that. I'm honored to be back. I'm so excited to chat with you. I always, to this day, I'm like, you're the best interviewer, podcast host, because you always have such good questions. So like, I'm really excited. And I'm also like curious what you want to talk about. So I'm thrilled to be back. And I hope this is just the beginning of a um, future podcast together. I mean, can you imagine? I feel like that could have, that that has legs. (laughs) That has legs. I feel like that can be something. Okay. So this is your third episode. So if you have not heard Rachel's story, 
listen to, I'll, I'll link them. The first one and the second one talk about just her upbringing. She is the founder of Glow Bar, which is this incredible facial bar. Was that how you would call it? Like a facial spa yeah. in New York. In um, where, where else are you? You're in Newport. Connecticut. And in Connecticut. Wendell and Westport. Yeah. And Westport. And we'll be in New Jersey soon. So she's just like growing and it's so cool to watch and just actually see. I, I love watching your founder story kind of evolve, but I also just love seeing like people in the wild talking about Globar. Like that to me is where it, when it's like, okay, it's really catching. People are into it. They were like really, really feeling it. So if you want to hear the business story, where it came from, um, there's a family tie to it. Listen to the first and second episode. But this episode, I wanted to have Rachel on just to kind of just talk about life. She is recently married. She started her business when she was single. And I want to talk about the transition of just starting a business completely by yourself and Mm -hmm. not having the psychological safety net of a partner and Mm -hmm. what you were feeling with that. Because at the time that you also launched Globar, it was the height of the girl boss era, I roll, but whatever. It was the height of that. And a lot of those people at the top did have husbands or partners or people that were there either financial or real or mm-hmm. psychological safety net. And I'm curious what you felt during that time. I know you and I had offline conversations about it, but what did you feel? What do you think that you gained from not having that? And what do you feel like you missed out on by not having it? Yeah. So I'm so glad we're talking about this. And it's funny that we're talking about it after being married because maybe like we didn't feel like there was enough like clout or like experience to talk about it before. Like there's something there because Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I have been like my publicist, like I'm like, this is a story. Just last night I was talking to Sarah, an editor from Glossy, and we were talking about this exact thing. And I was like, no one wanted to write about it or talk about it. Yeah. Obsessed. She's the perfect person to talk about this. She would, yeah. Great. Great. So, aligned. But, like her and I were just like catching up because we have so many friends in common. Of course, you're one of them. And I was like, no one would talk about it until now that I'm married. So it's almost like the happy ending happened. And so people will talk about it, which is so messed up because truly uh, the amount of growth that I had and the amount of learnings and strength I gained from being single and starting a business was exponentially set me ahead to run this organization, find the right partner, build the right life for myself. Like it did so much for me. And yes, you don't have that financial, you know, support, right? But what happens when you don't have financial support or that trampoline to fall into or financial safety net is you get really disciplined and you start saying, okay, we have to make this work and I have to not run out of money and I have to like get really scrappy and having those disciplines at the beginning of a company will make or break an organization. And so like I, Global had to work. I invested all my savings into it, invested all my brain energy into it and my heart and soul. And it like kind of forced me to be like, yeah, I don't have a backup plan. So I need to make Global work and I'm going to be really scrappy about it. Obviously the emotional support at home, not like having that at home was really hard at times because on the good days, I wanted to celebrate with someone and have them like give me a pat on the back, you know, metaphorically. Or on the bad days, have someone be like, okay, it's okay. You felt this a month and a half ago and it all turned out okay. Don't forget that. You know, those little reminders that a partner can can do for you. But um I would say that like for me, that was exactly how my journey was supposed to be, which is start a business in a studio alone 
you know, took all the risk. And, you know, then when I was ready to meet someone, I met him and got married very quickly. So, you know, I met Jeremy at 35 and a half, if you want to call it. I don't know if like adults count half birthdays, but here we go. Yeah, Um, we do. I love context. And I feel like our listeners in that range. So, yeah. Great. 35 and a half. We got married when I was 37. And like now I'm 38 and it feels just right. Everything just feels like it's meant to be. I'm shocked that you're 38. Like in the best way possible. Why? Because like, my truly. Skin looks so good. <laughs> well, that, but like, just, I really didn't. I thought you were like 35, 36. Yeah. So you get that? I keep getting that. I do. And I'm like, am I immature? Is it my humor? No. Is it my it's skin? It's a great thing. Like, think. It's like I, how you carry I yourself. I'm, I don't, I like, I'm looking at us right now and I'm like, I feel like we look the same, you know? No. I like, it's funny because I do feel like I am older, like beyond my years, like emotionally sometimes mm-hmm. and just in like my, the way I see the world. But like, I also hang out with my team who keeps me really young. Like everyone's under 30. And so mm. I learned the TikTok trends and the things that we say now that like, I really can't even use. Wait, by the way, you. you need to keep that up. I love watching the behind the scenes Globar team videos the behind the scenes of the office. I love it. Like, keep it going. You it's do? So yeah, okay. I really do. I will tell, I will tell you, like, I, I have no, t- I have no patience for content creation. I get really awkward. Like you wouldn't know it, but like the amount of takes that we do to get me to do something like kind of right is like Say embarrassing. That. Say that. Say I, that. I, I need to, st- <laughs> I need, okay, fine. Okay. Like that. I'm saying it like, now. I know I you're know saying it now, but content. say it on like a platform like that. Like, guys, I'm trying and like, whatever. This is weird for me and I feel awkward doing it, but I'm going to take you on a day in my life anyway. Like, that's who you are. Okay. Like, how how would you talk I to know. your friend? Every time that I do anything uncomfortable or cringy like that, I literally pretend like I'm talking to my sister. Like, that's actually who yeah. I envision. Like, I'm talking to her and I'm like, this is fucking weird, but whatever. We're going to we're gonna do it this way, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I, I love that like you do the that. Authenticity. Yeah. I think it's the authenticity that people really like and why like people engage with me on social so much mm-hmm. because I'm really just like, I'm just another person trying to make it in this world. And I've got a little bit of a following and I'm obsessed with each and every one of them. And like yeah. my husband will tell you, like, he's like, he, like on the couch at night, he's like, what are you doing? Talking to strangers again? I'm like, they're not strangers. These are my friends. And he's like, tell me where they live. I'm like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, um, going back to like the, like being single, starting the business and then getting married. I like, for me, it was exactly how life was supposed to be. And I want people to feel confident starting businesses when they don't have that partner at home or just have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, a significant other, um, you can do it. Um, and it's hard either way. It's hard when you have a partner at home and it's hard when you don't. So just accept that. And that's your expectation going into it. I love that. And I also, I'm curious because you didn't have the partner safety net, but when starting, I always say this on the show all the time is like identifying what your safety nets are and not to use it as like a, as like a cop out, but just as like the as humans, we just crave safety at some level. So it's, I'm curious for you that you were single. What were some safety nets that you were telling yourself in the back of your head for someone listening who is single, who wants to start and is scared that you had with you in your back pocket just in case? 
Yep. So I had an amazing network of colleagues that I could call on, I could text, I could ask questions about. I had an amazing support group of friends and family. Um, so, you know, I'm a big believer in your, your friends or your chosen family also. So sometimes my friends and family are like all I need. I don't even need now my husband to talk through things with. Like, it's interesting. You know how like you have certain people you go to for certain things. Like sometimes your partner actually can be really hard to talk to about those things. Cause they almost know too much. They know you too much. And it's like, I just want someone to listen, not give me advice or solve it for me. Um, And then I would say also like I had saved a good amount of money for me before going into this and that was intentional. So I worked nights and weekends for six months before leaving full time and starting Globar. So I worked at Beauty Blender, the makeup sponge. I worked for Rianne Silva. She was incredible. She allowed me to do this nights and weekends and while while saving money. Um, So I tried to do that. But I think part of being an entrepreneur, as you know, is being a little naive and being like, okay, like just going to do it and like hope Mm -hmm. it works out and like almost think it's going to work out and manifest that in your head. So there was a whole lot of that, but, um, and the universe, right? Like even like today I was feeling kind of anxious this morning and I just said, it's all taken care of. Like I kept saying, it's all taken care of. Like the universe has got it. It's all taken care of. And that was even very calming for me, even this morning. And I think for like years I've been doing that of like, it's all going to work out just the way it's supposed to. And just like truly believing that was a big safety net for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that as we get older, we also see the play out of that. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. harder to trust it when you haven't had kind of like the realizations or the force or the, the after it happens to like confirm, oh, wow, it really did happen for me. And I just think that that's like the plus of getting older is that you actually see the why happen in your life. Um, I'm curious back to the point of starting single and discipline. What are some things mm-hmm. that you were really, really disciplined about in the beginning that you would recommend to someone that's still relevant to someone that would be launching a business today or just putting themselves out there in any way, shape or form today? And are any of those same disciplines still within how you operate four and a half years later? So, Yeah. So I would say 100% of them are still how I operate just to start there. Wow. Uh, and so financial disciplines, we are a very, very scrappy team. It's, it's just, the, it's one of the tenants of our business. Um, so when I first started and was raising money, we did not spend on things we didn't need that weren't crucial to operating the organization. We didn't, you know, go to like fancy dinners on the business. We like really tactically, like didn't go to fancy dinners. We tried to take the subway or walk when possible. Like we tried to save five bucks here and there. Like if we were going to go to coffee, like, of course we would get ourselves a coffee. You know, we weren't <laughs> silly like that, but even office supplies, I know this sounds really silly, but like, you don't need to go out and buy a whole thing of office supplies to like have your you know, shelf like full with those things. It's like, get things as you need them so you can do your job really well, but be really thoughtful. And those disciplines are still here today. Um, Also things like snacks for the team. I might sound like a total crook and like curmudgeon right now, but (laughs) I'm like- like, the team starves. (laughs) Yeah. But if the team wants snacks, for example, I say, yeah, use your corporate card and buy like, you know, a snack if you need it middle of the day. I'm, I'm a very generous person. Like I never want to not oh, yeah. treat someone to something. You really are. But I don't need to 
I don't need to stock the, the, the office with it because in fact, we all just eat when we're bored and stressed and don't feel good after that and get sugar highs and sugar lows. And it's for me a disaster. And so I'm like, we don't need to go spending like $500 a month on making sure the office has snacks. You know, we're not Google. That's okay. No one signed up for this because they thought we were Google. So, um, things like that, that we still have in place that are like, maybe sound a little like call it cheap. I don't know, but um, it's why we're here today and why we've created such a sustainable, profitable business. So you are profitable right now. We have been profitable here and there. Yes. Wow. Okay. So you're now four and a half years into the business. And we were talking before Mm -hmm. we started recording that this is something that some people talk about. I don't think it gets enough airtime. And it is when you hit that four and a half, five-year mark. I'm thinking the five-year mark specifically because there are actually stats on the five-year mark in businesses where people throw in the towel, where businesses just fail. And I think it's a lot of it comes from just like... I don't know if it's boredom or like the hype just fades away. And the Mm -hmm. actual like consistency, the mundane of making it wash, rinse, repeat is like the thing... I, I, I don't know. I always talk about how it's like... Not that it's easy, but it's easier to launch something because there's like excitement, there's momentum, there's like this build, there's people rallying for you. And then a year in, it's kind of like, okay, well, how are we going to just like keep kicking this can down the road? And now at four and a half years in, I'm curious if you've felt that throughout the journey. And for someone who's in it, that's maybe questioning, like, is it time to throw in the towel or is it time to double down? What do you, how do you question yourself on that? And like, how do you just keep it going? Yeah. So I think we're fortunate that we started in mid 2019 and then the pandemic was March, 2020 for six months, our stores were closed. We had like a little call it pause, which I think we talked about last time was actually like the biggest blessing for this business because we got to reassess how things were working. So you know, call it, we've been in business since September, 2020, like opened fully and haven't had another shutdown. And so we've kind of been able to reinvent ourselves like twice now. And so we launched June 19, but then we really launched again, September, 2020. And so it's been call it three years since then, um, reopening. And I think every new store gives us that reignition of excitement and we're creating that local buzz in each of those communities. And so, you know, we just opened 100th two weeks ago um, on 100th and Columbus here, which is an amazing community. It's so underserved with all the downtown, you know, exciting Mm -hmm. brands that open and it's the best community. Like it's near Columbia, it's near Central Park, it's near the Natural History Museum, like all of those places that are really like important to the city. And that community has rallied around us and made us feel so excited all over again. And we have a new team there. And like, so that's, what's really like kept us going here. And we're fortunate for that. I think in a CPG business or like a product oriented business, new launches are similar. Right. And so right. keep the hype and momentum and buzz going about the brand. But I think what you, what you're asking and what you're touching upon is as a founder and an entrepreneur or just a CEO, or even a team member of an organization or company, that's an internal job to stay excited. And that's the time when you your resilience plays in. Like even for myself, right? I've been talking about Globar since 2017 to my friends. So like I'm bored of this by now. You know, it's been six <laughs> years of me thinking about it. But that's where I have to like say, okay, Rachel, like what are you really excited about? And making the best of what we've got right now to keep us excited. So I always talk about how like the grass is always brown and you have to make 
your current situation the best it can because whatever you're thinking of jumping to next, whether it's a relationship, a job, an apartment, a home, a city, whatever it is, you're going to come up against your hurdles there too. And so for me, I just get excited about new locations and newness that we're working on internally and new hires too. I get so excited when someone new joins the team because I'm like, tell me what your brain is thinking. Like we're so biased at this point because we look at it all day long. Tell us what feels right to you, what doesn't. And like, that's how I keep myself excited every day. Does it happen often where you have to do that mental gymnastics and mental exercise to stay in it? Because I agree. I mean, it, it all stems from the top. And I actually, before recording, I saw Jasmine posted an answer to a question that someone asked her. I don't know if you saw it, but that you had said, what was it? Damn, now I just like lost it. Like when I have it. bad days, I like to like sit. Oh, yeah. Like I like kind of take a beat for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, I don't do it a ton right now. I think... I would say the first two years I had that the most because we weren't able to grow as fast as I wanted to. So when you're growing fast, like the excitement's there, the buzz is there, you're moving, right. you're grooving, there's so much going on, like your schedule's out of control. When you're raising money and you're kind of waiting for that influx of capital to like allow you to grow as fast as you want to, those were the days where I was like, oh my God, I got to find my energy somewhere. Um, but the thing that I talked about with Jasmine from Female Founder World was on those days, like not every founder or, you know, any team member can't be on a hundred percent of the time. And yes, most of the time you should, you know, work hard to bring your best self every day. But if there is an extenuating circumstance, and I don't mean like once a week, which sometimes I feel, but you know, call it like three times a year. If there's an extenuating circumstance where you're like, I'm in a really tough mood right now. And I don't want to give that energy to my team, which I have found myself in, or I'm anxious or I'm fearful of something or something's not going right. And I don't think I'm going to react in an empowering way. I like come into my office and I like, shut the door and I just let myself, you know, it kind of pass through. Or if it's a really stressful day and I don't have these often, but like, I'll just in the morning be like, you know what? I'm not going in. Like they're going to feed off of my energy. I don't have great energy right now. And I don't want that for them because it's not about them. It's all about me. And so that's that, self-awareness like, 101 right there. <laughs> but there is a line because yeah, it's so like, one- that's where I, I always like, I'm like, okay, well, just like how you said this morning, you were anxious. It's like, what's the line for you where you're like, no, I can, I can tell myself like everything's happening for me and like move through it. And then it ends up working out for you versus a day where it's just like, it's not happening. What's the line for you to know when that day is? I think it's if it doesn't pass within like a short period of time, like 10, okay. 15 minutes, you know, or, and also like, I'm, like age is a beautiful thing in the sense of like, I know myself really well now. Um, one of the values at Globar is self-awareness. And I would say we practice like radical self-awareness, which is, I think, the most valuable thing you can do in an organization because it allows yourself to to manage yourself. And so others don't need to. And um, we're also just open about it. So like on days where it's not that bad, we'll be like, oh, I'm in such a mood. And everyone's like, yeah, I know I've been there. And it's like, okay. You don't have to be like, you know, you don't have to have sunshine coming out of your ass every day here totally. at Clovar, but you certainly can't take it out on other people. And that's where we draw the line. If you feel like you are going to have a bad effect on anyone around you, 
please just just stay home or go for a walk or or leave early. Like we're not we're not clocking time here. I love that. Well, the self-awareness piece I think is huge. So for sure, it's stemming from the top is the most important thing. And I'm curious in all of these years, and I just see it in you right now as a friend, like it's clear that you're doing inner work. What is something that has worked for you or what's like maybe a belief system that no longer served you that you reframed or you worked on to be able to show up in this way and to be able to also have empathy for your employees when they're having those days? Just anything tactical that you can share with the audience that has helped you kind of just sit in that self-awareness? So affirmations have been the best tool for my brain. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I think I'm like, I just have a brain that no one else has because like truly like when I'm on the phone with my therapist and I'm like, I'm working through this, I'm feeling really, let's just call it like overwhelmed. Um, She'll be like, okay, we need to come up with an affirmation that gets your brain in like an adult Rachel brain. Because a lot of my stuff is when I'm in a child, Rachel brain. So scared, overwhelmed, fearful, um, overwhelmed and want to eat instead of just breathe or go for a walk. Um, And so the simplest thing, like everything is under control. I have nothing to worry about. Like little things like (laughs) that I tell my brain and I will tell you it's like a switch. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. Um, which sounds kind of crazy, right? No, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like you've just identified. And I think I really believe in affirmations too, and specifically ones that you like. I I don't believe in cognitive dissonance, and some some psychologists do, and like that they're just like you say it enough times, and at least my my process with it is like it has to be something that's believable to me, and yes, that sounds like it is. <laughs> yeah, you have to believe it. Like I can't walk out there and be like. I look like Kim Kardashian. Like, no, you fucking don't. And it's okay that you don't. But I have to believe that like I am worthy. And like I believe that. I would yeah. tell that to you as a dear yeah. friend. I would tell that to myself if I were you talking to me. Um, and so it's just it's things like that. And I'm trying to think like what else? I feel like affirmations have played the biggest um role in all of this. Obviously, the five-minute journal really keeps me grounded. But really what I've found in the last few years, even like since our last podcast is like, I don't abandon myself. And that's just I my just like, body chills every morning. I don't abandon myself. What does that look like in food. practice? Yeah. Um, I exercise every single day, every single day. I'm not saying I'm at berries every day. So don't get that confused. Okay. Um, I know you're a big yogi, so I need to like have you teach me a class one day. Oh my God. Um, Let's go. When I go to New York, um, let's go to a class together. Okay, fine. You're going to have to like drag me, but I will for you. Uh, I exercise every day, whether that's just like a walk at like a little faster pace. I log everything I eat on Noom. Um, I am not, you know, I'm very much a friend to everyone about like having just like eating things. It's like my only addiction, I would say. I make sure I go on a walk every day. Like I get my coffee in the morning. I have me time. And that's really like how I don't abandon myself. And I'm very lucky that work energizes me. So I love coming to work. So that's what I love to do. And um, I prioritize it. But the mornings for me are what have changed since even the last time you and I like did a podcast together. I block off my schedule until 9.30 every single morning. And that is me time. I'm up at seven, like, you know, before seven, I walk the dog and I do me. That's the thing. And I, I mean, I talk about inner and external growth on this podcast all the time. And like, 
there are a lot of people here that are either founders or aspiring or um, just higher performing or just wanting to live life in like the fullest. And it literally precedes the external. And it starts from the top. If you're at the top, everyone will take a page out of your book from how you are showing up in that. And like... Someone said this, actually a guest on my show, Carly Fain said this, that like she blocks her calendar till 10. And she's like, people say or look at that as like, that's you time. But she's like, no, like to me, I consider that part of my job. It is part of my job to do that because that influences the rest of the six, seven hours of output that we're doing on behalf of the business. And people don't still see it as such. It's like, there's still the narrative of that being selfish or there's still the narrative of that being indulgent. And I am here to just say, absolutely not. The way that you're showing up and able to open so many, so many global locations right now is literally because of that, in my opinion. Yeah. I also think it it is one of the reasons why I can get all of that, call it negative energy out before I get to the office. So Mm. the days when I was younger and look in our 20s, in your 20s, you're just trying to make it. You're trying to show and prove yourself to whether it's your boss, yourself, your parents, your friends, whoever. And you're trying to create a living for yourself, right? So when I was in my 20s and early 30s, like I just got out of bed, walked the dog when I had Cooper, you know, before I would just get out of bed and go to the office. And I just like that, I'm always the most anxious in the morning. That's just um, how I'm wired. So I wake up anxious, (laughs) which is- I think that's very human. No, but that's very human. That's like when anxiety is mostly then and right before bed for a lot of people. Wake up anxious. Right. And then I used to, okay, anxious, rush, 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 get to the office, sit down, still anxious. Now I'm like anxious. Okay. I'm going to put on my walking clothes. I'm going to put on my sneakers. I'm going to take Cooper out. I'm going to take care of him, which makes me feel good. I'm going to then go for my walk, get my coffee, take a deep breath. I always, you know, see people at the coffee shop that I like say hi to. And that gives me endorphins there. I go for a walk. I get more endorphins or Pilates and get more endorphins. And then I shower and then I get to the office. And it's like, by then, like, I got it all out of my system. And I'm like, okay, everything's going to be really great today. So I think that like, you know, that works for me. And I think a lot of people it would work for. Um, But I also understand different phases of life. And also like having kids one day, that morning is actually what I'm most scared about. I'm like, I don't want to give up those two hours because right now I have all the flexibility in the world. So, you know, I, I don't take for granted that I have this flexibility right now. I honestly have that thought all the time too. Like I'm I'm not close right now, I don't think, to having kids. But I do have that thought on my mornings going to get coffee. I'm like, I wonder how it's going to be. Like, I love this. I, I don't really want to give this up. But I do find that both you and I are people that like will find a way, our way of ensuring that maybe it's not two hours, but like I trust that both of us will figure out a way to do it. A thousand percent. We figured it out until now. So we will figure it out then. Amen. Okay. I want to hear about... This is a more logistical question, but you have a physical location business and team Mm -hmm. is so incredibly important. Process is so incredibly important. What for someone who's maybe thinking of creating a physical location, because I just feel like I don't have that many people on that have physical locations. What's the most important hire and the biggest learning that you would give to anyone who wants to go into that? into that category. Oh my God, this is a good one. This is why I say you're the best. You always have the best questions. Most important hire, my gosh. So 
gosh, everyone is really, really important because we are scrappy. And so we have like, there's no one here that's not important. Like everyone is vital. Um, So please don't, no one leave. Um, But uh, um, I guess key, like Um, maybe it's like, maybe I I can reframe it in that like, you're launching a new location. Who's the first person that you're talking to to get that off the ground? Um, so, and this is what I was going to say. So your, your, your team at the store, your store team. So for us, the most important two people are the manager of the location. So the one who is the leader, remember, I'm not out every location. So you mentioned, you know, the, that the fish rots from the head or that everything mm-hmm. you know starts at the top. Well, for us, that's the studio manager at each location. And so they are the most important. They're the one that's going to set the tone good or bad. They're the one that's going to set the expectations good or bad. And so that's the most important hire followed like, you know, right in line, if not parallel to the estheticians, the one providing the treatment. I mean, for us, it doesn't matter who I am, what I do, the decisions I make. If that facial isn't the best 30 minute facial on the market, we, we don't even have a business. And so I will forever say that like, obviously our team is the most important, but specifically the, the teams at the stores, they're, they're the heartbeat of this business and the biggest learning of a brick and mortar business uh, is the biggest learning. I would say that your real estate strategy is really, really important. And I was a little bit in the belief system of, well, if you have an amazing product, it doesn't matter where you open. Right. Cause I was like, this is the best 30 minute facial. And I know people are going to be really excited about a 30 minute facial that's as effective as ours is at the price point that it is. And that rang true for a period of time. We could have put a glow bar anywhere in New York City proper and it would have been busy. I think what we're learning now is, and this was a very interesting realization we had not that long ago, was you either pay for marketing or you pay for real estate. So, if you think about it, you either put a location on a random street and you market the crap out of that business to make sure they get down that street. Or you put a location right on Fifth Avenue and you don't got to market that at all because you're getting so much foot traffic. And so I think that was just a really cool learning that like, I really wish someone had told me early on because it was such a great way to orient my brain around mm-hmm. budgets and effort and resources and all of that. So that is um, such a good insight. What do you prefer? What do you like? Do you have a mix of both of doing one location? I'll focus on marketing. One location, we focus on retail. And between the two, what do you prefer? So I would say that we focus on marketing for all right now, just because we're still a small business. So you and I are like sick of hearing about Glovar because it's all like we've heard about it and we know it and we yeah. are friends. But like, there's so many people that don't know about Glovar. I mean, most people don't. And so um, we will always focus on marketing. It's just how much more are we going to have to, if we get a location that might not be in a highly trafficked area? Mm. Um, so I prefer to have great real estate and be able to be really creative with our marketing, be really community oriented. I want to make sure that the local community, not influencers, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other store managers in the neighborhood, the people that live above us, below us, across the street, down the street, um, know about Globar, know our manager, know my name. Like we meet them. Like that's where I want to spend my energy, not on digital ads and like not on like, you know, Yelp and SEO yeah. and things like that. Uh, first of all, that that soundbite of like seeing it as those two options is I've never heard anyone say that. 
And it's just really, really spot on. I'm so curious because you and I have had so many conversations about the PR space and just marketing as a whole. What is working right now? And I feel like you just like shoot it straight. So I want to hear from you for a physical location that has fabulous product to offer. What is currently working and where are you wanting to double down your efforts and where are you like... It seems like influencer is not something that you're into. I So we are... So, okay. What's working? Local marketing is working. Like I just described. If we're next to a Pilates studio, uh, Berries and Orange Theory, whatever, we want to know that manager. We want to treat them to a glow bar or facial. We want to make sure they come in so that we can just... If their client's coming next door for their service, let's also get them to come into ours. So making the community really feel like they know who Globar is, who's behind Globar, what we stand for, what we offer, and having them in. Um, influencers help us do just that. We love influencers. Do not get me wrong. It's just that like, what's funny is that influencers with a really large following drive the least amount of traffic. They might drive the most amount of awareness, right? But they're not driving people into our stores. And as a brick and mortar company, that's your goal always, forever and ever. And you can't lose sight of that. And so um, we do a mix of both. But like, this is to anyone who has who lives within five miles of a glow bar that has 5,000 followers. Hit us up. Let us know who you are. And we want to know you and we want to know your friends. Because you're really valuable to us. Like I've been saying this forever. And I think a lot of people agree with this, but like micro influencers, like micro micro are what is working. Um, we have, because they're in the bucket of word of mouth. Like that's word of mouth to me. Like that's your best friend. That's the girl from your high school or whoever that you trust. That's it. Exactly. And this business was built by a real person, me, and it's for real people. And if you have skin, you come to Globar. You don't have to be an influencer. You don't have to be famous. Like it's like we're just trying to really like get to our communities, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's really working. PR is working um, because we're not a celebrity brand or I'm not an influencer first. We work really hard for all the press that we have gotten, um, and it's funny because a lot of outlets still won't really engage us, which is really funny because we're not a national brand yet. Mm. So that's been interesting. That's something I would say like, it's not, not working. It's just like, they want to see us have locations, like more locations, which is fine. Um, Can I double click on just like within the press that is working? What works? Like, is it being on podcasts? Is it you? Or is it like a, I tried it type service coverage? It's definitely podcasts like me speaking on behalf of the brand, but then it's really niche podcasts and just niche publications. So like Jasmine, Female Founder World, I think that got us like so many more followers, so many more clients than something even like, I don't even want to say the names, but like ones that are not focused on female, like empowerment, basically. Um, I think we just re- really resonate with that community. But also what really works is I tried this service, like I, this is what the 30 minute facial is at Globar. Um, but people aren't doing as many of those these days. Like when we first launched, that was what every birdie, glossy refinery, mm-hmm. you know, it was like everyone was, that was like what we did. Yeah. Now I feel like it's just a little bit more handpicked.
So for the community aspect, and I know that I'm getting niche, but like this is just my beat. So I, I, I'm actually curious. Is there kind of like a mutually beneficial program for everyone? Or is it just kind of like, hey, I'm your neighbor, like come on over just for someone listening who like wants to actually put these steps in motion? Like, is there strategy to that? Or is it just like, hi, I'm Rachel. I'm the founder of Bobar. Like just wanted to give you a heads up that we're here. Like, or is there just an actual like partnership that happens with all these different businesses? There's an actual partnership that happens and it's all led from the studio manager. So I do a separate sweep, I would say, of the community and make sure they like I say hello and that they know who I mm-hmm. am. Um, but at the end of the day, that's who's there every day is that manager and that team. And so they lead a lot of that. But there are there are programs um we do special offers for their team members as well as their clients. We set up like in the front of their studio or whatever they call it. Um, we have them in. Um, so there's like us we have an influencer program, we have an events program, and we have like a, a promotional program, I would say. Okay. Interesting. And then last kind of like businessy type question before we move into relationship is we're what some people are saying is a recession. I don't I don't know that I would call it that right now. I'm curious from the beauty landscape, are you feeling that? Are you feeling a difference in spend? Are you feeling a difference in behavior? I'm really, really glad that my answer is no. And this was intentional. Glow Bar is an accessible price point. Mm-hmm. I was really frustrated that facials were obnoxiously priced. That's a very like business term. And it wasn't fair that, you know, facials were $150 or more. And so as a $75 facial or $55 for our membership, we find that a lot of people that couldn't take care of their skin consistently can now. Uh, the other thing is that you can't beat us on price. There's not one business that can. And so I think that the value of our treatment has allowed us to stay recession-proof. And I believe we will. I think we've been in this like weird lull of a recession now for like a year or two. Yeah. I'm like, um, are we in it? I, or like, <laughs> it's confusing. I think we're in it. And I think, I think like the layoffs are trickling into like consumer spend, but I don't know if you saw, but the Sephora sale this year, it broke their website and their app. And so if that's any indicator to like the beauty consumer's ability to spend, I don't see it slowing down right now. No, you're, you're in the perfect sweet spot. There's this, there's there's this actual term in the recession called the lipstick effect where like brands that sell that lower price point item are recession proof. So you're, you're right in it. And especially beauty where it's like something that you can like, psychologically believe that you're you're just as good as you were out of the recession, you know? Like getting a facial, wearing lipstick. It's 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 just really interesting to me from a psychological perspective. Okay, so now just have to talk about your husband because you and I manifested your husband mm-hmm. into existence. I know. It's mm-hmm. so bizarre. Like literally every time I see pictures of you two together, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, manifesting is a real ass thing. So some context. Rachel and I have loved Eden Grinchman and her husband Ido's relationship. We don't know them personally. Like, I mean, I've had her on the Um, podcast, but like, I'm not friends with them. I just love their dynamic on social. Like, obviously social, who knows what it's actually like. But what we feel, and I think that we can energetically pick up on things, was that we were obsessed. Like, we were obsessed. Obsessed. Right? And at the time that we were obsessed, like, you were not in a relationship. So how the hell did you manifest exactly what you wanted? Like, it was just like, to the T. 
like spill? It is so crazy because we have text messages of screenshots of Ido and I would be like, this is who I'm going to marry. And I wish I could like put a picture up here, but basically like Jeremy and him look, it's like uncanny. And so much so that I stopped Eden at the hair salon that her and I both go to and told her this whole story uh, and showed her a picture of Jeremy. And like, I think she thought it was crazy. I like DM'd her after too. Like, by the way, like I'm just... Yeah, of course. And I'm just as thirsty for her as like ever. I just think she's incredible. But um, how did I manifest Jeremy? I think, first of all, like I just believed that I deserved to be loved and could be loved. And I think it took me until right before meeting him to really feel that way, like in my heart of hearts. So to, to our conversation, like I really believed it. And maybe before I didn't. A lot of that came from, I've talked to you about going to Hoffman. um, And that's the one thing that I really did get, which is like, I deserve to be loved and I'm worthy of love. And I think I really needed that experience at Hoffman to really believe it and be like, oh, I deserve someone really awesome. Um, And age really helped too, just getting older and and, uh, knowing what I wanted, what I didn't want. It became very clear. And I also think I stopped really worrying about it. I I hate that this is the answer because I remember hearing this always when I was single and didn't feel like that great. But like focus on yourself, get yourself to a really good place and just have fun with it. And then someone will come along and it will all work out really seamlessly. Um, and I will tell you that is exactly what happened. I was not abandoning myself anymore. I was exercising. I was taking care of myself. I was putting myself first. I was, you know, just like in a very good headspace. And I went You're on magnetic. a date with one guy before. Yeah. And I, I went on a date before Jeremy, like that night. I went to tea with this guy at Cafe Kitsune. Um, I actually saw Nambo on that date, which is very funny because I was like so uninterested. And then I had a date with Jeremy after. And um, look at you, I was double wearing, like, booked, busy. I know, I know, busy okay. and booked. But um, I like had fake nails on, <laughs> like chill tips, literally. And I'm done. as I was walking there, one fell off like chipped off. And so I picked it up on the ground and I texted Jeremy. This is when I like should have known that he was like going to be my husband because I texted him being like, I have a real predicament. My fake nail just broke off and I have glue in my bag. Should I reattach it now before I get there? Or should I just do it at the bar? And he was like, definitely do it at the bar. See you soon. And I was like, okay. Like husband, I was just like, husband material. That was, you texted him that before meeting him for the first time. We were texting for a couple of days. He was traveling and like, so we were yeah, already yeah, on yeah. text because we met on Bumble. So like we were already like texting one another. And, um, but like, just if I think back to it, that headspace of being carefree, being myself, like kind of like not a hot mess, but just like being like funny and Yourself. Like, having something weird happen. And then also being willing to like put that on the table and be like, Hey, my fake nail just broke on Hudson street. I have glue in my bag. Do you think I should do it at the bar? And he was like, totally game for that. Like that's such a weird thing. And he like I literally was like, love this you know, story. Yeah. But that's like best friend energy. And I think that that's what we pick up on Eden and Ido is like that just like down. Like, yeah, let's do your nails at the bar. How fun. Yeah, it was like, it was really fun. Um, I'm and so happy for you. He is, 
yeah, he's very playful and uh, makes life light when it feels like heavy and dark. Not that it is that dark, but like he's he's got a really um, great way of lightening up a situation just like Ido does. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and they just look identical. I hope they way, don't so. listen to this episode. Like we sound like freaks, but we're, we are obsessed. So if you are listening, like it's true. Mm-hmm. The obsession runs deep. So kind of full circle to the beginning of the episode where we're talking about being single. I'm curious now that you're married, how has that changed how you, if at all, shown up at Globar? If it changes the dynamic at all, if it's been beneficial? Um, Just like observing yourself as being single and not single in the realm of business. Yeah. So... The, like, like the thread of this conversation has been like that you bring your whole self to work. And like, there is no doubt that I am more grounded because I'm married. I feel like I am really supported at home and very like unconditionally cared for and loved. And I think that like, maybe before we were, I was married, I didn't feel that way fully in a sense, like in a small way. And so perhaps I was a little bit more not, I was maybe like less grounded, a little more anxious, a little bit like wobbly on my own feet and in my own personal life. Um, I don't want anyone to hear that and have them be like, oh, well, being single is means you're not grounded. Because like for many, many people, like their childhood and their foundation and just who they are, they can be actually more grounded single. Um, me as a person and what I've gone through in my life and my childhood, like, you know, that's just an area that I like needed to really focus on and work on. And so I think that like, it's really nice that I don't have to go on dates after work and I can just like know that I'm going home to Jeremy, who's like such a great husband and like so supportive. So I think that that for me has given me a little bit of calm, which is really helpful because I am the least calm person. Like I am like, you know, full of energy, I would say. Um, and I think that also it's just really nice to just know that I have him to talk to on days that aren't great to share anxieties or concerns about the business. Um, he's also an entrepreneur, so it's helpful that he can really like relate. Um, and we always say that like our house is very up and down. Like one week I'm like, we're crushing it. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. And then the next week I'm like, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. And he's like, we're crushing it. No need to worry. So we can understand each other in that respect. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I love that. So right now, what are you what are you focusing on? Where is Globar currently and where are you going? Like just what's top of mind for you right now? Yeah. Top of mind is our people. So we have almost 200 people that work for Globar um, at the whole company. So making sure that they feel seen, they feel heard, that they're being led and developed and growing with us. We are focusing on growth. So opening more studios in other markets. So New Jersey's next. And come to Miami. By- come, I, every single person that I have on the podcast, I'm like, come to Miami. You, you're needed. I know. I know. We will be there. And then we'll be going down the tri-state area. Um, and I actually didn't even tell you this before, but I wanted to like break the news on this podcast, but we are coming out with our own skincare line. And so no one knows Stop. about this. Yep. And I've been working on it for over like two years now because 
I started and stopped and started and stopped and tested and stopped. And, you know, it was just like one of those things that I felt like we weren't ready for. So in June, we'll launch our first product, um, which me and all of our estheticians have been like testing and playing with and learning and tweaking. And I um, am so excited. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm so proud of you. First of all, that has to have been like such a process to formulate, reformulate, find the right partners. How many products are you launching with? Just one. Oh my God. We'll have like one, two next year. One, two, three. Like I'll figure it out. Like everything. I, I'm not the Just best, saying like, like my PR really, ring comes like, on. Like that makes you national. Just saying. Even though I know that you told me that your Alta so MD and all of that is sold online, which I posted that on my stories once. Like for any New York girly who is an Alta girl. Thank you. Every Globe market. That's where I buy all my Altas every single time I'm out. Because we know that when yeah, Alta's out, you. she's out. <laughs> global yeah. always has it um but yeah this this kind of does make you national just saying i think so too um so yeah we're really excited about that so i'm so um, proud of you we we have a lot in the works it's really fun we're having like the best time right now can you say the what the product is or you're not saying that yet no because Tell me offline. like <laughs> yeah i will i will it's exciting oh my god that is so exciting well you just keep going I feel like the way that you're doing this feels like you said centered grounded and like coming from just like an honest place and that's the type of business that I'm just so here for rooting on because it's like yes growth this podcast is literally called a destination for growth absolutely but not if it takes away from your groundedness, not if it takes away from doing it mm-hmm. from a heart-centered place and from your end customer mm-hmm. in mind or your end listener or your end reader or your end whatever. Like that has to be at the center of everything. And I genuinely feel like you do that. So you're welcome back here whenever the hell you want. Come back in June and we'll talk about all the products that you're launching. Yes, we will. Okay. I can't wait. Thank you for having me. I'm awesome. so proud of you and I love you and I'm so grateful for I you. I love you. Thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode. And more importantly, thank yourself for choosing to learn more about how to come home to yourself. As always, take what resonates with you and simply let go of what doesn't. I would really appreciate it if you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen, because that's the way that the show will continue to grow. And we are all about growth here. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week.